Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Big shout out to all the traditional podcast listeners. Thank you for all the support you give us. And this is a YouTube show as well. Um, just real quickly, if we're ever running late, it's like a 97% chance it's my fault, not Bud. So uh, I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Um, things just come up and sometimes nine o'clock turns into nine thirteen as it has this morning. So, um, appreciate your patience there. Appreciate all the wonderful sponsors. We have old school sponsor going to shout out Louisiana hot sauce as always still there. Still one of the favorite things that I reach for when I walk into my kitchen, three simple ingredients, one fantastic product and tarpon sellers, tarpon sellers.com tarpon sellers winery. Uh, you can go there. Nolcast is the coupon code 20% off is the byproduct of using said coupon code. And um, I've still got like, I've still got like 16 or 18 bottles of tarpon sellers left over from my wedding. So I'm just working on it, you know, uh, a real, a real labor of love to work that number down, bud. But uh, fantastic wine, love it. And uh, can only thank them for the support that they've given us for six years or whatever it's been now so no doubt about it awesome company to be partnered with um a little bit less awesome results uh recently in hoops i i, I kind of get into hoops in january a little bit to start watching it and like oh, maybe this team will turn it around i will say like they gave a better effort against duke than i i thought they're just and I, i'm sure some of that was uh um you know, playing off the crowd energy. Yeah, it was good. You know, um, this program does seem to have some kind of energy reserve, uh, so to say, in its tank for games like Duke and Carolina. Um, they did play. They played well. Um, got a nice win last night on the road. Uh, got to give them credit for going up to Chestnut Hill and, and getting a win. Um, so, you know, it just feels like basketball is in a place right now. Um where the, the sport has evolved, the landscape's evolved. Um, this has been a much better year than last year as far as just consistency of, of result. And, you know, when you do go and lose, it seems like you lose maybe an eight-point game, not a 28-point game. Um, so, you know, credit to, to Hamilton for the job that he's done there. Uh, it does feel to me like Hamilton will – your head coach next year obviously i don't you know i don't trust me the nil guy doesn't know anything as to what's going on so please don't extrapolate stuff like that um but that feels the way that we're we're headed um and i you know honestly i would say this year is probably a earned result of another year i mean it's it's been a uh a nice response to a year that maybe felt like you were going to completely lose it at the beginning who's who's the team that you lost to at the beginning of the year that was such an embarrassment was it like oh uh, um um chat will know i i yeah yeah, yeah. suffered a suffered a loss early in the year where you thought oh, this could be this could absolutely be it um and i know this is tired and i know lipscomb yeah i, I, I thought i started with an l <laughs> it just it makes me um appreciate the job that Leonard did and it just makes me hate uh <laughs> it makes me hate COVID it makes me hate the the result of the COVID year all the more you know I mean that guy really had built this program into the, one of the best programs in the country and and um had in, in that three or four year stretch and had not just built a great program but built maybe the best team in the country and um obviously we all know what what the result of that was and 
it's unfortunate. And uh, at a place like Florida State in a sport like basketball, um, it's tough to it's tough to put something like that together consistently. So we'll have to see what it what happens with basketball in general. But um, you know, solid response this year overall, and a nice win last night in Boston College. It's also worth pointing out that, that you're incredibly right about the shifting landscape of college basketball. I mean, there are some ACC teams that are still really, really good. Uh, and I think it is possible for FSU basketball to be better than it is right now. Maybe even under the current format. But I don't know that it's possible for them to be a lot better without a real shift in priorities. And a shift in priority that I don't think most fans would want to have you know, when, when it comes to you know, booster resources, NIL retention, all, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is a football first, second, last school. When I ran Tomahawk Nation, I told my guys, and I had one of the best basketball guys, Michael Rogner, mm-hmm. right? He just does yeah. a great job. Football is our number one sport here. Spring football is our number two. Football recruiting is our number three. That's what people care about. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about 98% football here on the show. But we got a lot of questions about basketball, so I wanted to lead it off. But you were right a couple years ago, and you're like, man, SEC and Big Ten are going to start taking over basketball more because they're just going to have a lot more resources to throw it at secondary sports. You know, you are seeing this in baseball with the SEC, Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. That's a sport they care about. Big Ten, due to the weather, I think really doesn't care about baseball that much. But they do care about basketball, and they they certainly have some, some pretty damn good basketball teams. The Big 12 seems to be really all in on basketball, probably because they don't really have any football teams that are consistently top 15 level. I mean, they'll have a team that is in the top 15 because they they win their coin flip games and they, they run off 10, 11 wins or whatever, but they don't have they don't have any team in the Big 12 now with the absence of Texas and Oklahoma that is shoot, I shouldn't even say consistently, that is ever seriously in a national championship conversation from a football standpoint, where the ACC Definitely still has two and theoretically has three if you want to count Miami. Like, I mean, for the last quarter century, no, but still. Uh, so I, I think it's harder to compete now. And like, think about all the things you have going on if you're the school. Football is going well. Got to keep it going well. I think just extended your coach away. from a financial perspective. You just extended your yeah. football coach. Uh, significant level of commitment there. Yep. Totally. Uh, and, you know, some, some, you know, back office things I know he probably wanted and everybody always wants more, more, more. And if, if my coach doesn't want more, 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 I kind of am concerned about that. So, you know, you're glad that he is uh, doing that. You're currently suing the league to leave. <laughs> okay. You have a major stadium reconstruction project going on, a football only facility project going on. How attractive is this job right now? Like, is this a top 40 job in college basketball as we sit here today? And thus, like, I think your answer is going to sort of determine, like, whether it makes sense to go make a change or not. Yeah. Yeah, just an awful lot of things going on. And, um, you know, the the ACC as itself is not the draw that it was uh, to come play in it and practice in it. Yes, Duke and Carolina are still nice, you know, brands or whatever, but you've really seen a, a degradation across the conference of every brand. That's not one of those two. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be myopic here, but I mean, Georgia tech, there was a time where Georgia tech was a massive college basketball brand. Not, a, not at all anymore. Louisville has got a, got an interesting head coach right now. And uh, you know, I'm sure Louisville in long-term will be fine, but they're not the, 
you know, they're not what they once were in, in college basketball. Um, and all these other, you know, schools are just not, you know, the ACC is not the conference that people will just drop all other opportunities to go necessarily have a, uh, you know, the, the chance to go coach in uh, as well. And a lot of that's due to, you know, what we've talked about in the shifting landscape of college athletics overall. But, um, yep, you know, there is a there is a passionate bunch uh, for basketball and uh, we'll just have to see how this plays out. But at this point, it looks like it's playing out with a return of Leonard Hamilton and uh, we'll see. We'll see what kind of staff and, and team he can put around him. So, I think a lot of people counted him out for this year, and he put a better product on the field or on the court than I thought he was going to have. Certainly, so um, you know, I sign me up for another year like this next year. Just kind of keep the status quo. It, it, it keep the powder dry on that, and you know, let, let's keep in mind like it's not a basketball school. Uh, it doesn't have to suck at basketball, but like it, it's they're really never super high basketball expectations. I mean, I think Hamilton like established a ceiling that is ridiculous and you know he, he even exceeded it at times especially like, like you said that that COVID year man, I don't know if they were the best team in the country but they played like it on some nights and that yeah. that's just not a thing we can usually say ever uh, about FSU basketball so awesome man all right so uh do you want to talk about the legendary team Chad does a great job for us. Over 500 loans have been closed to Legendary. Then we got some T-shirts going out for those fine folks. 844-FSU-LOAN is the number to call. 844-FSU-LOAN is the number to call. Changing interest rates, obviously, can be difficult times for folks. Want somebody who's done done it a lot, walk through the process? I've done it twice. I'll probably do it a third time coming up. So we shall see. But I, I'm really excited uh, to work with Chad here on this, and 844 FSU Loan is the number to call for the legendary team. They do a great job. All right. Um, so, like, governance, dealings, future of football, conference, all this kind of stuff. I, I, want, I wanted to sort of have this conversation with you, and I wanted to talk about, did you see the vote yesterday, right, the playoff format vote, which – Felt like a formality as long as Washington State and Oregon State got paid off a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which had nothing to do, of course, with yeah. But a little paid off, yeah, yeah. I think five and seven just makes sense to me. It keeps you out of the. Um, I don't know that the G fives have a great antitrust case, but I'm pretty sure that the playoff doesn't want to fight. Nobody really wants to get sued for antitrust. So mm-hmm. if you can throw them a bone and you were like, okay, one bid for the G5, fine. ESPN's probably like, ah, whatever, but like maybe we'll get an upset. We'll pitch it as a Cinderella. It keeps them out of the antitrust thing too. Six and six would have been kind of crazy. Like to have two G5 bids, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So now five automatic qualifiers. Uh, the top four, the top four conference champions will get the buys and will be the first four seeds. So uh, if you know, if you are an ACC champion, Florida State, pretty excellent chance that you will have a bye, um, which is clearly the goal, I think, to to have you know to have the bye there. Uh, it does kind of suck that most likely under this format, you're not going to have home playoff games in Tallahassee in the next two years, unless you sneak in as an at-large, which is possible too. Mm-hmm. But the, remember, the first round games are on campus, and then the next games are played 
at a neutral site, you know, bowl, whether it's yeah. or, or wherever. So what, five, six, seven, eight host? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So five, 12 and yeah. Yeah. You do that. You know, I mean, it's great to think that Florida State's just a forever playoff team. And, but, you know, maybe, maybe you do so as a non league winner, uh, one year. And yeah. Be a nice payoff for, uh, for, reconfiguring that stadium as host a host a playoff game that would i certainly imagine that would help catch up on some of the uh sunk cost into that building once it is ready and, and finalized so no doubt about it um but there's a couple things happening today and tomorrow and throughout the week that i think as fsu fans you need to pay attention to and i just i don't bring a lot of this stuff in because i feel like it, it gets boring and there's always something happening and uh, i don't want to do the doomsday thing and this is not a doomsday thing it's just something worth paying attention to. One, it's been reported out there, I think by The Athletic, that the SEC is pushing. But, well, first, both the SEC and the Big Ten are asking for a larger share of playoff revenue, which isn't surprising. I mean, they have probably, what, 18 of the top 20 programs in the country? Maybe like 16 of the top 20, but of the top 30, it's it's a mm -hmm. lot. Uh, so the concentration. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So they're pushing for uh, higher shares of playoff revenue. They did determine that SMU will get, I believe, half of a Power 5 share and that no new teams are going to get a, a Power 5 type share within the next two years. I believe they're like, SMU, you get half. Nope. Anybody else who joins one of these leagues does not. So Cal Stanford are, remain P5 because they, they were already in, in the Pac-12 RIP. The other thing to look out for here is, I guess, the SEC, the athletic reported, is looking for uh, at least four automatic qualifying spots, which is interesting. So if they can't get a sort of revenue distribution and or maybe on top of it, they want four automatic qualifying spots. And if they get that, I'm sure the Big Ten, mm -hmm. which has not pushed for this so far, according to the athletic, maybe they push for it as well. I wonder, like, do you think this is Greg Sankey's ploy to have people say, you know what, no AQs at all, just no no automatic bids. Everybody earn their way in because that that has long been Sankey's contention. Like there there should be no automatic bids, He's like, but if we're gonna have them, we want four. Yeah, like I don't know. Um, Sankey's exceptionally deliberate in everything that he does. Uh, there's not a whole lot that happens out of Birmingham by accident. Um. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, they have their their dancing partner in the Big Ten, at least for right now, and uh, have realized that those two can pretty much, you know, <laughs> not just dance the way they want to. They can also call the tune as they do their own dance um, and, you know, let everybody else dictate or let everybody else, you know, get up to speed with, with what it is that they want to do. Um, it just to me feels like we're in this um, uneasy kind of in between land of. I don't know that the SEC and Big Ten are necessarily going anywhere anytime soon, but it does feel like those are the two entities that are kind of shuttling us to whatever yeah. the new representation of college. I was going to say college athletics. I do. I'm going to say college football for now. Glad you're saying. Um, so let's let's stay with college football. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think these two conferences are doing this to then go away or lose their leverage or lose their influence or whatever. But uh, it does feel like we're headed to 
some number, maybe it's 40, maybe it's 60, whatever, of schools that play, you know, an even more uh, form of semi-pro football, college football, if, if that's still the term that we want to use at the time. Um, and that those are the two forces that are being the driving forces and getting us there. Um, I don't think that much happens out of, uh, is it, was not, was it Roseboro, Ira, Illinois or whatever the, the unique little place that the big Ten's based out of, uh, in Birmingham. I, it's not a whole lot that's happening by accident right now. I mean, those, those two are in, uh, communication conversation, um, and are, orchestrating some kind of modern iteration of college football that, uh, you know, it may take us six years to get there. It may take us 16 years to get there. I don't know. Um, but we're moving into a new place and those are the two forces that seem to be driving the ship as we get there. I agree with you, man. And I'm glad you said, uh, football and not, not all sports. I, I actually had a listener to cover three. Uh, and by the way, I, I really strongly appreciate everybody reached out to Jordan. Our, our, our producer got laid off uh, on, on, on cover three. Uh, he actually did find uh, some freelance stuff and uh, I believe we'll also be doing some stuff uh, for battles end. So he is. Yeah. He's working. We've got that. a cool little piece of content with uh, Dimitri Emanuel, big Meech. Uh, he's nice, got his man. podcast going interviews, uh, players, uh, former teammates and other things like that. And uh, Jordan's, uh, you know, I obviously any content that we do, I try to help out as much as possible based on the fact that, you know, you and I have done this for 15 years or whatever. It would only be appropriate. Uh, but to have somebody like that help Meech is is awesome. So good stuff. That is that's just family helping family, man. Awesome. Um, I had a listener to Cover 3 suggest something, and he said, hey, are we sure all these schools want the NCAA to go away? And I said, well, I'm not, no, I'm not. And he goes, because hear me out. I sort of think of the NCAA as Ticketmaster. Okay, all of these artists want to moan and complain about yep. Ticketmaster. Okay, and so do all the people who purchase the tickets. But Ticketmaster is awesome for these artists because it actually works, and they don't have to own the ticketing process themselves, and they don't get any flack for it. They're like, "Oh, it's Ticketmaster's fault." Like in some ways, Ticketmaster exists to take the punches. And that mm, is a, a mm -hmm. really, really valuable thing to have. We talk about how let's break away. Let's have 40 or 60 teams only type thing. And there are steps being taken towards some form of that. One thing you can look to is that they raise the fee from going from FCS to FBS from 500000 to $5 million, which if you're going to do it, it's probably still worth it. So maybe they should raise that even more. But at some level, the schools that are already in FBS are already trying to do so. Uh, now, there's still a lot of value into having an organization that can do governance, can do you know scheduling, can do some regulatory stuff. I do think that the larger schools want, I guess, more of a voice, but they already have a pretty strong voice. They just want a little bit more of a voice, I think, when it comes to, to certain things. Uh, you're going to see, I believe, the SEC and Big Ten likely push for expanding the NCAA tournament mm -hmm. an argument, which I find pretty disingenuous. Like, I don't think there's a whole lot of teams in the big 10 or sec that are getting seriously snubbed for the NCAA basketball tournament. We have 68 spots, but just from things I had heard, it wouldn't shock me if you had uh, a play, a play in round 
for each um, each region, you know, for, for an opening weekend as a way to sneak more teams in. Uh, but I, I think that, I don't know, some of these arguments I think are ridiculous, but I do think the Big Ten and SEC will likely win on some of these. So, no, I don't think the NCAA has to go away. It wouldn't shock me if the playoff ultimately runs a larger part of football and maybe works with the NCAA on it somehow. But yeah, there's some good stuff um, that the NCAA does for these schools. And a, lar- a large part of it is they can be the punching bag. You know, the, the administrators and the school presidents don't really want to be, despite the fact the NCAA is largely just executing what the schools want. And you could say, well, Tennessee's suing them. And yeah, they are, but it's, you know, th- there's a lot of different, there's various interests from schools. So I, I, I say all that to say, I do think if the Big Ten and the SEC get a much larger share of the playoff revenue, that only helps, and it helps FSU's lawsuit against ACC because it's more evidence to point to, hey, like we didn't fight for it, not being seen as, as a, an equal product, you know, being seen as an inferior product, allowing the, the league image to degrade, blah, 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 blah. Didn't make the playoff last year. Jim Phillips didn't fight for them nearly as hard as Greg Sankey did for Alabama. Uh, I mean, not that FSU needs a ton more evidence, but they'll take it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if that if that were to happen. Interesting. Yeah, uh, the the Ticketmaster analogy is. Uh, yeah, so it was a uh, it was all the rage. Was it? Uh, was it Metallica that, that led that uh, fight yeah, back in the day against so. Ticketmaster? Yeah, interesting. Not that matters. Just random history musings of, of Ingram as he sits here and listens to Bud. But uh, yeah, no, man. I mean, I think it's um, we've got a comment that the NCAA is particularly the the Roger Goodell of college football, who you know just takes all the uh, the heat for the owners and gets paid a hell of a lot of money. Pearl Jam, that's what it was. Thank you. No, Pearl Jam. Um, Metallica and Napster. That's I'm very yes, right as I was in college. It's all starting to make sense. Uh <laughs> um I don't know, man. I, I do feel like we're ultimately uh leaving the NCA behind as far as where college football's headed. Um, but you know, they do uh they do serve their purpose and you know, in, in many areas they still hold some influence over athletics and um not a not a dead entity by any means either. So uh let's see what happens with the NCAA. Let me ask you a question. Do you care that the ACC put in their filing that uh FSU could always have the option to buy its rights back? Um yeah, I mean I, I do think there's some significant things that have transpired. We talked either last episode or two episodes ago on the Nolcast that I don't know that it's great if we come on here and do 10 or 15 minutes on lawsuit talk every time we will save conversation for when I think there's been significant uh, development there. And and I do think that it's transpired. Um, Lawyers are, you know, very meticulous and, um, you know, Bud, you're a law school graduate and and practice law for a period of time. And uh, that was never my route in life, but it was for my dad. And a lot of other males in his family prior to him. Um, 
you know, lawyers don't generally open up new avenues of conversation unless they, you know, realize they either need to or, or want to. Um, and I think the NCA, excuse me, the NCA, the ACC already even mentioning uh, the idea of a settlement or something like that is probably six months ahead of schedule where I thought we would be. I mean, that that is a significant development. Doesn't mean that this is going to be wrapped up by Easter or something like that, but um, I you know, things don't get brought into conversation accidentally, um, or very, very rarely do they I'll, I'll say that. Um, and whether it be a settlement or buying back rights or whatever else, I do think that this is starting to move in a direction and starting to move at a speed in that direction that I wouldn't have anticipated maybe a month ago. I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, it feels, first of all, it, it's, it has always been true that everything is negotiable and the ACC putting that in there saying it, it's, it's not a penalty. It's just a course of business. Of course, the, the, the contract has, has remedies if you want to buy out. Now they weren't really saying that uh, a year or two ago, they were, they were using the, the term ironclad and obviously 550 million or whatever that whole number is a, a non-settled a non-negotiated number. I think we can both agree is pretty ironclad. Like a, It'd be very hard to pay that amount of money and, and make it make sense for, for anybody, even if you had like a friendly, a friendly private equity group. 550 is just that that's that's not really gonna work. However, I will say that uh how do I say this? It does feel like a bit of a soft launch and maybe a bit of a signal to others in the league that hey, like this is coming. Uh, who are you trying to signal to, right? Like your ACC member schools, they can't be run by total idiots. They have to know that, that if the facts here or if the venue here is poor for the ACC, that settlement negotiation is much more likely. People have settlement talks all the time. So I don't know. I, I, who, who do you think they're trying to signal to by putting that in there? Because like they don't need to signal FSU. They can just call FSU and say, hey, like what? What what did like you guys have in mind here? Mm -hmm. if, if, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, would you? And is your opinion that it's other institutions, or who do you think the signaling I, party is? I don't know. That I, I'm just I'm asking. I'm really not sure. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It, it's it's curious. I mean, are they asking? Yeah, I don't know. Are they asking for great TV partners to come in and? And help them. Uh, I don't know. Oh, that's that's interesting. Is it just PR? Hmm. Hmm. Because because we say that lawyers act 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 with intent, and I I agree. To whom are we trying to signal with this? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It would would be something I, I. Yeah. Or if it is PR, then then I think you can reverse engineer it and say some of the stuff that I think you and I have heard independently this this train could move faster and maybe you're trying to have a matt baker of the Tampa bay times you know read it and say oh wow look at this they're, they're actually mentioning that possibility now to sort of soft launch the concept to where the public is not oh that happened fast like mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is the last year in the acc type fast you know i i just uh just a thought there i guess um but it always existed. Like it wasn't like ACC putting this in the filing 
opened the possibility of a settlement. No, the possibility of a settlement always exists, and the likelihood of a settlement depends largely on how the case is going for one side or the other. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. Um, I do think that this is is moving. Uh, the one thing that has surprised me is that you still haven't had any other kind of uh, institutional movement outside of Florida State, whether that be Clemson, whether it be any other school. Um, Clemson, the most likely, I guess maybe Miami would be on that list as well. Um, some rumblings about North Carolina, but nothing of real significance. Um, what I will say is just to people that don't live and die with every, you know, Twitter graphic or whatever else you see, like, oh, SEC is going to take Virginia and North Carolina, and Big Ten's going to take, uh, Colorado and Utah or whatever, you know, I got to just, I don't, you know, one thing that we've said for two years uh, and I'm all the more uh, damn near positive of this is that this is a game of musical chairs. And at this point, Florida state's almost taped a chair to its butt while it's playing musical chair. You know, like my point being here, you're gonna have a seat at the table. I, I, this is not, going to go through some rapid evolution or change and Florida state not be involved with one of the two power conferences or the power, you know, whatever the power ultimate entity is, you're, you know, you're one of the five or six more valuable brands in the sport. And, uh, there's just too much, too much that you bring to the uh, equation to be left behind. So, uh, totally. we'll just reiterate that. Um, to your point on other schools, not, uh, not getting involved. Uh, there's a bedtime story. Have I brought this up before? It's a, it's a children's book. It, it, it reminds me a lot, right? Once upon a time, there was a little red hen who scratched about the barnyard until she uncovered some grains of wheat. She called her neighbors and said, if we plant this wheat, we shall have bread to eat. Who will help me plant it? Not I, said the cow. Not I, said the duck. Not I, said the pig. Not I, said the goose. Then I will, said the little red hen. And she did. The wheat grew tall and ripened in the golden grain. Who will help me reap my wheat? Asked the little red hen. So, the story continues. I'm not going to read you the entire. It's got a lot more not eyes. It is yes, quite a few. Who will help me? You know, mill this wheat. Who will help me make the, um, you know, make the bread? Who will help me break the bread? Now, who shall help me eat this bread? Mm -hmm. We will. They all said. Says I am quite sure you would. Little red hen said, "If you could get it." Then she called her chicks, and they ate up all the bread. There was none left at all for the cat or the goose or the rat or the pig or the duck <laughs> or the cow. Now, here's the thing. There will be some left for, let's say, the cat and the, the goose or whomever. Whomever is, is high value. There probably won't be some left for everybody. But I'm not really sure that there's a huge penalty to be paid by Clemson or Miami or North Carolina for inaction. Mm -hmm. Like what, what's the downside to them sitting back in the cut and letting FSU take all the blowback? Yeah, very little. I mean, what the only downside that I could think is if you had this, uh, you know, loose understanding of Clemson and Florida state working together, then that doesn't exist anymore. Well, well, I mean, Okay, <laughs> that's there's not a whole lot of official, uh, you know, things tied to that or that you knew was going to come out of it. So to reiterate your point, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot. Um, 
and to an, to an extent, but I think it speaks. Um, does it not maybe speak to the certainty of what ultimately is going to occur? Like if Clemson really thought it was in a fight for its life. Yes, it does. To play major college athletics. Don't you think they, they wouldn't be laying in the cut? Uh, some of these other schools, I, I think they know that ultimately this is probably going to play out in some manner. Um, and right now we can just have, you know, Florida state and it's, uh, and it's, you know, pirate ship flying around, um, taking shots at the ACC and, and, you know, we'll let them do it. Yeah. Bingo. Yes. Now I, I think you just nailed it there, right? It is advantageous for Clemson and everybody else who wants to get out to have this look, uh, fortuitous as opposed to premeditated, right? If you have all these certain schools that are trying to get out and they all have the same landing spot, which I'm not saying they do or would or should. It, it looks a little more like interference. If you just have FSU doing it and you just have, oh, those crazy you know, board of governors meetings for FSU, right? Oh my gosh, look, look, look at the exec board. Look, look, Did you see what Peter Collins said? Did you see what this guy said? Did you see what Drew Weatherford said? Look at these folks who run FSU. And of course, if the people are criticizing are right, then yeah, egg, egg, egg over everybody's face. But I think increasingly they're they're not correct, uh, and probably never were. Just as more facts come to light, their opinion and their position becomes less tenable. It, it just it looks better for Clemson. It's like, oh well, God, if they can get out, we, we'd actually like to exercise that right too, as opposed to them working in tandem. So, pretty low downside, as you said, and potentially some upside as well. Um, so is it weird to you how hard the, the ACC is still fighting to keep the grant of rights and the, the ESPN agreement secret? Like, how bad is this thing? Yeah, I mean, it's always been an interesting, um, you know, I've been talking about this subject matter for a dozen years now, and that's always been one component of it to me that's just been bizarre. Again, I didn't go to law school. I didn't, but, you know, I did grow up listening to my dad talk about stuff and blah, blah, blah. And just the idea that you've got to go, you know, visit some, <laughs> you know, some bank vault or whatever to go look at a contract and you can't, you know, you, you got to put down, you can take written notes, but you can't leave with them or whatever it is. Some of the stipulations that we've heard about uh, looking at how long it took um, for anybody to go look at them. I mean, I, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think the first time somebody got to look at him was Clemson's general counsel five years ago or whatever. I mean, yeah. it, it just the, all the things that are were involved surrounding this grant of rights, access to it, secrecy. Um, it just sounds like something out of a novel that I would have read at 12 years old and thought, well, that's just that's crazy. You know, that, that's. That's mystical. Uh, like, what do you mean? There's a document that nobody can read and or you know take notes on or whatever else. So you've got to drive to Greensboro to go look at it, uh, which I think was the case uh, for a long time. So, yeah, everything surrounding that has been a uh, a hard one for me to understand. Well, I I guess I shouldn't have used the term weird, right? Like it, it's clearly been their intent the entire time, but I, I think that they're holding so steadfast to it uh, probably indicates some level of embarrassment for the deal they signed mm -hmm. uh, in, in hindsight. So 
uh, yeah, so that is kind of our latest. Uh, both of us feel that FSU 1 million percent will not get left behind with whatever new type of super conference comes and will be out of the leagues in time to not have some crazy detrimental effect from the time period in which they are not in whatever new league there is. That's kind of my like 10,000 foot view on this. I'm not, I am following it intently. It is my job. I'm not like living and dying with every update. Nope. Um, Always want to thank our friends at Congruity. CongruityHR.com is the website. I always sing at the praises of Matt Lewis and his team for good reason and say, hey, they can help you with things like payroll and HR and other things. And I can tell you in the month of February, they can help you on the back end with your taxes too. Um, so I've had to call on Matt and his team for a lot of help here as uh, you know, you straighten out things uh, after a year of payment. And uh, they've been just as great uh on uh issues that have transpired as they are in preparing you for things that might come that can help make your business as optimized an entity as possible uh as i always say if you want to reach out to me on twitter or any other means i'm happy to introduce anyone to matt and his team at congruity again congruityhr.com is the website and we thank matt and his team uh there for all that they've done for the nolcast over the years no doubt about it. Matt does a fantastic job. Uh, Jeff Capel, the pit basketball coach, was complaining that uh, the league is not respected, but they pl played the 348th ranked non-conference schedule, and they are 8-7 and seven in the league, and they lost at home to a 0-13 in SEC play Missouri team. Mm, okay. So, that's uh, that's going to that's hurt. That'll hurt the, the math. Yeah, that, yeah, that does. Uh, speaking of which, I did not realize that Dennis Gates, they're 0-13 in league play? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that either. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Um, that is not good. So quick question here from the chat. I always appreciate live questions in the chat. Uh, do you think if James Franklin had got the job instead of Willie Taggart, that the state of the program would be better today or about the same? I think better. Like materially better? I, I don't know. Would Would your AD still be here? If Franklin got the job, so when did when did Alford come? You're saying your prior AD, correct? Yeah, dude, this is also hard to put. Um, and so Alford got it in but, 2021. Yeah, anybody that was coming in at that point in time had a. I just don't think. Uh, not trying to make excuses for Willie, I, I don't think he was ready for the job. I don't think. I think he did a lot of. A lot of missteps that have been well documented and we don't need to rehash. But man, if you hired 10 coaches during that window, I think eight and a half of them were going to fail. I mean, I, it was it was not a good situation. I would have a hard time believing that anybody other than somebody not named Nick or Kirby or uh, some other guy named Mike Norvell, I wasn't ready for that job at the time, the first go round, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I just, I think it was a, I think you were going to really struggle regardless of who you were. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, yeah. Willie screwed up a lot of stuff himself. They also really kneecapped a good bit of that staff as well, administratively with, with who they had in certain administrative spots and some of the, some of the actions those guys took, which I think at times possibly were necessary uh, to sort of tighten the belt. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Uh, fundraising is another way to make sure you don't have to tighten the belt too much uh, because you're trying to run a 
a real first class organization. We appreciate that question from Tyler. Uh, Justin asks, where did DJU, Glenn, and Cromenhoek uh, fit into the quarterback room in 24? I think Bud referenced the potential for a real quarterback contest next year. How does that look from this side of spring? Um, I don't think Luke's seriously going to compete for the job this year. I think they're very happy with, with what they've seen so far out of him. I mean, would it shock you if Glenn beats out DJ? It would surprise me. I mean, yeah. I, I think the understanding is DJ's your quarterback this year. He's a nice bridge uh, to the to the two guys you have there. I mean, I, I can tell you that there's a, a lot of people that have reached out to quarterbacks, or, or there's a lot of quarterbacks that have reached out to Florida State over the last year or so, and um, they like what they've got. So, um, from a from a youth perspective, I think that's that's the future. Those two guys, um, you're excited about them, and also you know the walk on that you picked up a couple months ago as well. I know they're they're excited about him, um, but yeah, Brock and and Luke, uh, two good dudes, two guys that are liked in the in the locker room. Uh, the immediate response to Brock or the immediate response to Luke has been very positive, from what I've heard. Um, they think they've got something there, but they also know that they need a year. And really, I mean, come on, man, Brock was. Uh, what, Brock missed seven weeks because of a broken thumb or whatever the injury, the hand injury was, and then had to play in the ACC championship game with like a almost said a word that we would have had to, uh, I don't know what would have happened, but you know, with, with freaking 12 hours notice that he was going to be the starter or whatever. I mean, it's just, you know, Brock got to play some and, and had some nice moments and I thought showed some, some real improvement in the, um, in the orange bowl, but you know, it's not as though this was a full year for Brock to, you know, learn on the job, participate in practice and everything else. I will say that I, um, when Brock came back and I, I was able to attend a practice or two, um, it took him a second to overcome that, that hand injury as, as surprising, not surprisingly, a, a hand injury, something that can, can be a little bit slowing down to a quarterback's growth, but, um, it's a kid with a, really impressive physical skill set and has has a little bit of whatever that non-skill set is whether you want to call intangibles or whatever else just where uh you know that's the disposition that you want your quarterback to have um and future's bright with those two kids so it'd be interesting to watch them uh battle it out and you're only going to get a more positive result by having two kids like that who know they've got to fight each other to be QB1 as, as Ingram sees, I, I think the, the key there is, you know, the word surprise, not shock, right? I think they're very happy with what they have in DJ. It's also reasonable to say, look, like DJ was in the same class as Bryce Young. Bryce went number one overall. He'll be in his second year in the NFL. Like DJ still in college because he hasn't shown that he's a high level NFL prospect. Like it's not like you're asking Brock Glenn, to beat out a guy who's going to be a top 100 pick or, or, or even a pick. Like I, if DJ went pro after this year, I don't know if he would have gotten drafted or not. I don't have his draft grade. I know he wasn't in any of the mocks that were like top 100, type, you know, like first three round type mocks. So it's not insane. It Logically, it follows. If they like Brock Glenn as a long-term guy and they like Luke as a long-term guy too, like they really feel very good about that quarterback room. And that is my belief based on conversations with my sources. They really like what they have in that quarterback room. It is, it is a damn good thing to have your one of your best rooms be your most important position. Mm -hmm. 
logically, if you believe that Glenn has that upside potential to actually be a starter at FSU and a good one, there is the chance that that potential is realized earlier than potentially anticipated. Is it likely? No. So I would be surprised, like Grant. I don't know that I would be incredibly shocked, but I would be pretty shocked if it happened in spring. I think because of the amount of time that he missed in the fall, missing seven weeks, you know, it, you'd probably need every damn practice, and you probably need a lot of things to go your way and, and really just to take that leap. Maybe you see a flash or two in spring, but if that did happen, that's probably also great for you. That means you've got a real one, I, I would guess, because we know at least like the DJ provides a, a very high floor uh, at the quarterback position. I mean, the guy's played a ton of football. That's one of the reasons – you went and got him. And I think you have a real understanding of his strengths and weaknesses and a lot of tape, you know, uh, in terms of using him, like we talked about the last show, using him the way that will really help you out uh, in the best way possible. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I I think Brock's going to approach it as if it's a battle. No, uh, I can I can confirm. It's yeah. absolutely the way that Brock uh, is approaching it and, Brooklyn, Luke Cromenhawk, two really impressive kids who uh, you've got to be, if you're a Florida State fan, I would suggest uh, being very excited and optimistic about what the future of the quarterback room looks like because of them. So. Um, Paul asked, last week was a no communication week for FSU staff. That was due to the uh, settlement they reached with the NCAA over the uh, Rising Spear stuff. So uh, do we know how many weeks they have left? I don't. I can ask on that. Um, if people are interested, we, that's not that hard to find out. I will say that Florida State staff did do a nice job communicating to all the high school coaches in the state, who were most of which, of the big schools at least, uh, were at the high school coaching clinic in Orlando that they went to two weeks ago. Uh, they did a nice job pre-communicating that, hey, remember, tell your kids, we're not like no calls this week, right? Like just, it's not out of the blue. It's planned. We got to do it because you know, NCAA BS, and, uh, and we'll, we'll start hitting them up again, you know. Uh, so they were getting out ahead of it. It wasn't just like, hey, we, we got to go dark and nobody, like, nobody hears from us type thing. Yep. So. Yep. Um, They've had a lot of time to plan for that in general. I mean, they <laughs> had, had an idea as to what was coming. So Exactly. Do you want to do a quick opponent check-in? Because Bill Connolly, who we'll have, by the way, at 11 o'clock on Cover 3, he came out with his SP Plus ratings. Uh, I just thought it was kind of fun. Uh, but first, we should probably talk about something Matt Lewis got cooked up. <laughs> Absolutely. All the great uh, places and, and possibilities that you can go in Tallahassee uh, with the Ford, the restaurant team. Madison Social is always a favorite of mine. Uh, we've sang the praises of Charlie Park all year. Uh, really a unique place in Tallahassee. And I'll mention, if nothing else, for one more time, Social Kitchen's location on Cary Forest Parkway. Um, it is a fantastic place to go and get uh, gourmet pre-made meals. Uh, I am a massive fan of uh, of you know butcher shop quality meats and stuff like that. And when you can go to a place like Social Kitchen and grab uh, meat from these famous Snake River Farms, uh, you know if you go to Oh, high-end steakhouses in Tampa or Atlanta or whatever. There are really only so many places that uh, institutions or, or uh, places like that source their meat, and uh, that really is a place where you can go and get a 
you know, restaurant quality ribeye or whatever else and, and uh, take it home and throw it on your grill or throw it in your cast iron or however it is that you go about preparing a steak. Um, I personally am a cast iron fan, but uh, you do you go and get the great, fantastic meats and uh, have at it from there. So whether it be Madison Social, whether it be Charlie Park on a Friday night or uh, just going by and social kitchen to help you prepare dinner on a Thursday. Uh, there is something that the great people at the, for the table restaurant team are doing. And, uh, we thank them for being part of our team. Absolutely. So let's get into this from my friend, Bill Connolly. Also Mark Slabaugh put out his updated top 25 ratings. So we'll discuss that as well. I just pulled FSU and, and the other teams on your schedule. Uh, by the way, Georgia massively out in front of everybody else. Uh, you're like, kidding like yeah like five points higher than everybody else so that's that's a pretty a pretty crazy lead so they've still got the best roster in college football is what you're saying uh, they, they did i don't think there's a nick saban adjustment in this but saban being out and them not having to play alabama in the sc title game or at least not nick saban's alabama probably probably helps them out a little bit um carson beck coming back blah 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 uh notre dame schleyball has them fifth which feels a bit aggressive, but okay. Uh, Connolly has them ninth. So uh, that looks to be probably the hardest game on your schedule right now. I don't think anybody would be really surprised about that. Uh, Schleyball, FSU 15th, SP Plus, which is Bill, uh, 12th for the Knowles. That is the highest rated team in the ACC. So uh, depends on how it shakes out, but I mean, the ACC is probably a one or two, it's certainly a one or two. I'd, I'd be very surprised if you have three ACC teams make it in, unless Notre Dame is not as good as we think and you have a couple teams just kind of walk them. Uh, Clemson 19th in uh, Schleyball, 18th in SP+. That's actually a pretty good uh, pretty good jump, you know, uh, from, from Clemson there. Miami 24th, SP+, 21st. Again, I think the error bars on Miami are about as wide as possible. <laughs> you know, at this point, SMU not rated by Schleybaugh, uh, 27th for Connolly. This actually came out before what happened last night. And what happened last night is that the all uh, conference, three year all conference tackle for SMU hit the portal, mm. I guess, as mm -hmm. a graduate transfer. So have to imagine he'll be a prospect of interest for several teams out there. And that, that will hurt the ponies. So, uh, also, look for some cool content from us. Uh, we're going to go, even though potentially last year in the league, maybe not, uh, maybe so. But anyway, that is a road game. So I'll do some scouting uh, for our fans and let them know where some good spots to go in Dallas are this coming weekend. So I'll have to be checking that out. I don't know that SMU is a top 30 team after losing the tackle. Maybe they are. I think they're still a pretty good team. Florida not rated and then 33rd. I guess it's hard to drop Florida behind beyond a certain power rating standpoint because of the quality of athlete. That's sort of my, I don't know. Like, can they really be in the 60s? I guess they could if they just collapsed, which is possible. Um, Memphis, 36th. So Memphis better than a lot of the teams on your schedule, according to SP+. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Did that? That's... Granted, I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to Memphis, but that's surprise. That's higher than I thought it would have been. So, okay. I think keeping the quarterbacks are a, a fairly important deal there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you've mentioned that he was a 
maybe he had options. Uh, I think he had so, some. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we we we'd heard that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Duke forty eighth, Cal forty ninth, North Carolina, the largest drop off of any Power Five team uh, from year to year, fifty eighth, Georgia Tech sixtieth, which I. Hmm. Think I would have Georgia Tech over UNC, Cal, and Duke, just personally, uh, because I trust their offense to score. Boston College, 76. I've had some Boston College fans uh, talking some smack to me recently. And uh, we'll see how that goes for you. Is this just a, like three people or what is Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the, the one, there's some interesting ones on Twitter. One's like, one's like, I don't know. I think I muted the one guy because he was just tweeting me like nonstop. It's like MAGA Eagle 11 or something like that. He's like, oh, you don't think Bill O'Brien's a massive upgrade over Jeff Halfley? I was like, bro, I don't really think it matters that much. Mm. Like, the quality of player still is is pretty huge here. I'm not, I'm, I don't say this like totally dismissive. I'm not just going to sound like more of a ass comment than it is. But I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's passionate Boston College fans that are yeah. willing to – Get in your mentions and get muted by Bud Elliott because I just uh, I'm just not sure that existed really. So good. Okay. Like, do anything. I, I guess my my big takeaway here is that you're playing 11 games against teams in the top half of the sport, like 60th or better. Now, if you're if you're sitting there with Georgia's roster, this ain't scary to you at all. But if you're like this is where and this is really key. The difference here between being like a top 10 power rated team. And last year, FSU was eighth in SP plus before Jordan went down. Right. So I think they were actually playing a little bit better than that was measuring, or at least had potential to, because we knew some guys were, were ding, but like, it wasn't, they were like, it wasn't like they were securely in the top you know three power rating wise before Jordan went down. This is different. If you are like a top 10 level team, this, this is a schedule that you're going to run through at least the, the bottom half of it. If you're only like a top 25 level team, the data shows like top 25 level teams are going to lose, like meaning you're in that sort of like 20, like 20 to like 28, 30 range. You're going to lose a game against like a Memphis, Duke, Cal, UNC, Georgia Tech, Boston College, or two. That's why it's important to stay up there to where you know, that loss column doesn't creep up on you and where you want those games to be sort of like more of a certainty because mm -hmm. of the quality of athlete that you've assembled and the depth. That, it just man, eleven games against top sixty is is sort of sneaky. It's sneaky challenging if you're just slightly worse than I think we think they're going to be. Mm -hmm. But if you're as good as we think they're going to be, then it's not that challenging. Does that make sense? I, yeah, it uh, it does. I mean, it's just more flip a little, flip a lot, I guess. Yeah, and it's just more you know closer games uh, outcomes. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, I, I personally think Florida State's a little bit higher or in a little bit better place maybe than some people realize. But, um, you know, I'm not going to argue with Bill Connolly and other people as to how they go about rating rosters. And, uh, you know, I'll just be interested to see what this team looks like post-spring. I think uh, I think there's a lot to be learned about the pieces and uh, the components and, and how they work. And I think you've got a couple pieces there that uh, – maybe aren't being properly valued. Agreed. Also, I, I will note, uh, and I'll argue with Bill about this today, um, but I I don't use bowls in my personal ratings, mm -hmm. except for uh, the playoff. Uh, like, I'm fairly certain teams are playing hard in the playoff. I, 
So FSU did drop a decent bit after the bowl game, and Georgia also went up. But like, that's I, I don't think that's a real representative sample, and I think so many teams don't take bowl games seriously now that I would not use them. So you can hear me argue with Bill about that eleven, but I'm saying that to say like the, the starting point for FSU is a little bit lower, I think, because of the bowl game. Because of the magnitude of the blowout, the, the computer system is going to see, you know, that. Uh, so that's about all I got today, man. You got anything else? About, about a tight hour? Yeah, no, good stuff. Um, good to get back into the flow of things here. Uh, I think this is the first gnome cast I've done in my office and I don't know how long. Um, so that's nice. And um, yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Spring, I, this is, you know, we all look forward to spring and, and obviously last year was a, a special year as well, but I, I don't, I can't remember a spring that I've been more excited about than this one, just cause I, I do think that you've got some, uh, some really interesting pieces. I, um, I want to see what the defensive line looks like with pads on and people trying to block them. I don't know. I want to see what Sione and, and, and Tommy and, uh, and Grady Kelly and some of these other guys look like. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the Bama skill position players uh, look like. I think you've got a, I think you've got three beat DBs uh, in in Cyprus, uh, AZ and and Little Junior that could play with anybody in the country. I just I'm excited uh, to see what spring looks like and and see if you can get uh, a little bit more of a confirmation on some of those pieces. And I I'm excited to see. Um, you know, I mentioned Benson and, and passing there, and uh, I think Kentron uh, Portier is is on the verge of a of a real breakout season as well. So, uh, just a little scattering thoughts as to that of what I'm kind of looking at as we as we get closer and closer to spring. He had a great spring. He had an incredible years. spring. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. to, let, let's recall the debate. It was, do we think FSU still needs to go and add a receiver? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the answer worked out beautifully uh, in terms of being like Keon Coleman happening to hit the portal was, was incredibly fortuitous. Uh, but there was some legitimate debate before Kentron got hurt, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, do they need a, a, another receiver? Um, now, ultimately, I think even if he stayed healthy, the answer was yes. And they, they, and they needed a speed guy and they went out and got some this year with, with Malik and, you know, we'll see how Brown plays. Uh, but I mean, that's, I, I I I'm really excited to see because I I don't think the staff knows what they are as a team yet. I mean, this is last year they they did so much like variation of scheme install and, and just they put in a lot of stuff that they would use throughout the year. And it was a very very veteran team. And get old, stay old is a real thing in college football, and we try to do that at FSU clearly. But uh, there needs to be like a little bit like, hi, my name is <laughs> oh I'm you know type. Type thing going on on the field. Obviously, they do a lot of stuff off the field like that. I'm, I'm, you know, but this staff's going to do a ton of learning in spring too. Mm -hmm. A ton. Yeah. So absolutely awesome, man. Well, have a have an awesome Wednesday. Everybody like the video. Appreciate it. Drop those five star reviews for us. And uh, yeah, and we brought in speed guys to match DJ's arm. I yeah, DJ's got a big arm. He definitely does. We'll, we'll see if they can get that deep passing game unlocked. I think that's one of the goals. For sure. Cool. All right. Until next else? time, y'all. Appreciate it. Talk soon.